Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Find your notes, if you will. We're in this little series we've entitled Under the Influence. Last week, we talked about who is influencing you. And we talked about the issues of our life that sometimes influence us to feel the wrong things, do the wrong things, think the wrong things, and we need to be under the influence of God and His Word. I want to kind of stretch on that a little bit today and talk about who must be influencing you. Now, I'm going to give you the answer right now so we don't miss it. The Holy Spirit. He must be influencing you. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Those who are dominated or influenced by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled, influenced by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. You don't have life even while you're alive, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. The sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never obeyed God's laws. It never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled, influenced by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And now there's this little parentheses. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. That's a pretty strong statement. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we say, well, God lives in me. He does, the Spirit. Well, I've asked Jesus to come into my life. He now lives in my heart. You're right, by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God who lives in us. And so we have to allow Him to influence our life. Now, here's our biggest problem. (sighs) Hold on. The Holy Spirit wants to help you grow, right? Become a better Christian, correct? That means you have to change. We don't like change. This world's changing. Don't know if you know it or not, but it's changing. It's never going to be the way it was. That's just the nature of what goes on. And you can fight it or you can adapt to it. The church is changing. We're in the midst of a change here. I'm on my way out. Pastor Blake's on his way in. Some of you don't like that. Too bad. Get over it. Okay? Change. Why? Because you will not grow unless you change. You cannot grow unless you change. So the Holy Spirit is here to influence you, to help you be a better person, a better Christian. So how do we allow Him to be in control? How do we allow Him to influence our lives so that we can grow up and become spiritually mature? So here's what we need to know. Number one, He is invisible. He is spirit. You see, he operates in another realm that we do not see and do not understand, correct? But that realm is as real as this physical realm that we see. There is a spiritual realm where there's a conflict going on, where there's a battle going on. God versus Satan. It's happening. It's working. It's there. We don't see it, but he does. And so, he operates on a different level. So, he's invisible. We don't see him. 
Well, but we have a spirit, and his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blows wherever it wants. And just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. That's why when you accept Christ, you have to do so by faith, don't you? Because you can't explain it. You can't understand it. Now, we are always hesitant to embrace something we don't understand. And if we don't understand it, what we do is we make up our own way, discern our own thing, which usually leads us to more problems. And so he said, you can't explain this. It's a spiritual thing, but you and I have to grow into people, now please hear me, that are more spiritual than we are physical. And that's a conflict and a hard thing to do because we have this nature. It's a carnal nature. It's a physical nature. But when we come to Christ, now we have a new nature, a spiritual nature that the Holy Spirit wants to help us with and wants to be in control of. So he's invisible. You can't explain it. I I could stand up here all day, never fully grasp it, but I choose to believe it. Why? Because God says so. And so, he is invisible. Secondly, he's the first installment. The first installment. Let's say you were to go down and buy a a used car. And you say, I want that car. I'll be back in in, in a week to get it. I'm going out of town, and I'll be back to get it. The salesman is probably going to tell you this. Okay, if you want this car and you want us to hold it for you, you're going to have to give me a first installment, a security deposit, something that says to me, you've invested in it, and you're going to return. Because if I don't get something from you, you may never come back, and here I am holding this car, right? Well, before Jesus left, he said, I'm going to leave you a security deposit. I'm going to send someone who's going to be here that's going to guarantee to you I'm coming back. 2 Corinthians 1.21 It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. And He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised. You can count on what I have to say. You can count on what I'm going to do. And as a proof of that, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to live in you, dwell in you. You can't see Him. You don't fully understand Him. But He's there. And He is the guarantee that everything I've said to you is true. Ah, I know. Ephesians 1.13. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He had promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee 
that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So the Holy Spirit's been given to us. He's invisible. We can't see him. But if Jesus says, look, I told you this time, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you another. And he's going to be able to be everywhere. See, Jesus in bodily form could only be one place at one time when he was on this earth, couldn't he? He had a physical form. But the Holy Spirit is spirit, so the spirit can be everywhere. And so he says, I'm going to send him. He's going to be here, and he's the proof, and he's the guarantee, and he's the installment to say to you, everything I've said, I'm going to do, and I will come again. Thanks. That's a great deal. Don't understand it all. But if you say it, I'm in. So the Holy Spirit is there. So that's His place. That's His purpose. It's what He does. But notice something else about Him. We must invite Him into our lives. In other words, the Holy Spirit only comes in through invitation. Do you know that once you've invited Him in, He only works through invitation? He will not force you to do anything. He will not make you do something against your will. He will do whatever you invite Him to do. So if you want Him to do more in your life, you have to invite Him to do it. Luke eleven thirteen. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more were your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. So that when you ask Jesus to come into your life, what you're asking is for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell there and to live there. And you're asking Him to come into your life. Now, once He comes into your life, He's not going to find the easy chair in some far-off pocket of your, your body and just sit there and be cozy until the Lord comes back. He's not in there just to take up, well, you know, he's there, he's good. No, he comes into us to help us grow up, right? Because the invitation for Christ to come and live with you and the Holy Spirit to come dwell in you is the invitation to change you. How many of you would agree with me that the person next to you needs to change? Uh huh. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hands, you say, well, you know what? I'm the perfect Christian. I don't need to change anything about me. Okay? If you would want to raise your hand on that one, we got a lot of things we need to work on that you do need to change, let me tell you. And so he's there to bring about change in your life. Now, here's the issue we don't like to change, we're fine. But Holy Spirit says, hold it, I thought you want to become more like Christ. I thought you wanted to grow up. I thought you wanted to be more spiritual. I I thought that you invited me in so that you could live for me and not for yourself. He's willing. He's able. He just needs your cooperation. And many times we don't have what we want from God because we're not willing to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Because He speaks into our lives. 
He's at work in our lives. He's doing things so that we can be different and we can change. Oh, I can't see him. Sometimes I really feel him. He's there. God promised him. Jesus promised him. He said he's going to come and this is what he's going to do and you, you need him. He says he'll guide you into the truth. He'll show you these things. He'll do this. He'll help you here. He'll help you here. He, he said he's coming. I hope you'll invite him to live in you and to be in control in your life. The Holy Spirit has to be the influencer of your life. He is the one who wants to direct your life and control your life for your own good. Now, your sinful nature wants to control your life too, but not for your good. And so, I have to invite him. He's as limited as you make him. He's as free as you allow him to be. We'll move on. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in another way, but we'll just go on. Next, I love this part. He is intoxicating. Isn't that a great word? <laughs> it's a great, great word. He's intoxicating. Now, let me just kind of give you a couple scriptures to kind of show where I'm coming from, and then I'm going to give you two definitions, all right? Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk. What was the accusation? They're intoxicated. As some of you are assuming, nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled, be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word intoxicated has two almost contrary but similar definitions. The first one is this, someone who takes your breath away. Someone who takes your breath away. This past week, my wife and I celebrated our 49th anniversary. Yeah, long time, long time. She is as intoxicating today to me as she was the first day I met her. You didn't know I was such a romantic, did you? That's how that word is used, right? It's a very positive thing. Wow, see, the Holy Spirit should take your breath away. You should be in love with Him. You, you should allow Him, because when you go to Him, He always takes you to Jesus. He, he always takes you to the good places. And He should be one of the, the your, your love of your life, God in us. And He should just take our breath away. Wow, from the first day I met Him, when I invited Him to come and live in my life, He's just as precious today to me as He always has been. I love Him. He's great. He's wonderful. Do you have that relationship with Him? You should. Second definition, 
someone who controls your behavior. Someone who controls your behavior. My wife would say to you after 49 years, you have to be intoxicated to live with him. You see, that word means you're controlled by something else, right? Um, it's said, I read somewhere, where that 80% of crimes committed in America take place under the influence of some intoxicating substance. If you're driving a car and you've had too much to drink and you get pulled over, you are labeled as being under the influence, aren't you? In other words, you're at the wheel, but you're not in control. Let me use this in a positive way. As a Christian, you're living your life, but you're not in control. God's in control. God is the one directing your steps. You're no longer living for yourself. You're now living for God. So he's intoxicating to me because, man, what a great relationship. What a great life he gives to me because he lives in me and he's mine. He's resident there and he's at work in my life and he's helping me grow and he's bringing changes about in my life. And it's just a wonderful relationship I get to have with him. He loves me. I get to love him and he gets the control of my life and I turn everything over to him and give him the wheel and he takes me places that are wonderful and great and he helps me grow up and intensifies my relationship with him and with the father and with the son and just brings life into a a whole new dimension and a whole new meaning and it's just such a great way to live. Okay, two of you are excited about that. But you see, we have a trouble letting someone else be in control, don't we? But yet, that's the way he is. That's the way he operates. He wants to be the love of your life. Let me put it to you another way. What's the greatest commandment? You love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, all your being. That's the Holy Spirit. He is God. He lives in us. Wow. I don't understand it. It's invisible to me. I mean, how can He live in me and still be in the heavenly realms? I don't know. But He's He's real. And he's at work. And he'll work in me as much as I allow him. And please hear me. Most Christians hinder the work of God in their life. They're not in love with him as they should be. They're not allowing him to have the control he should have. And instead of being under the influence of the Spirit, they're under the influence of their carnal nature. And then they wonder why life gets hard and why they're not able to be the Christian they want to be. He's the influencer. Last point. We must listen to His instruction. Hear me, 
today, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Remember we read earlier, if he doesn't, you're not a Christian, right? And he's talking. He's speaking. John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Boy, if we got a problem today in this world, it's a problem of truth. Too many people are believing things that aren't true, but they're convinced they are. Too many Christians are believing things that aren't true, but they think it is. We have a problem with what's true. Here's what I know. The Holy Spirit will never lie to you. He will always tell you the truth. And sometimes the truth is hard to take. And so when the, He comes, He's the Spirit of truth, He will guide you into all truth. Are you going to listen to Him or your carnal nature, which is kind of out there sometimes? He will not speak on His own, but He'll tell you what He's heard. He will tell you all about the future. You see, when Jesus was here on this earth, remember? Jesus said, I don't do anything on my own, but only what the Father tells me to do. We're correct? And so what's the Holy Spirit say? I'm not going to do anything I, I want to do, but I only do what the Father tells me to do. Same thing. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives of me. You see, if you listen to him, he'll bring glory to God. So I need to listen to his instructions. Now that involves three things. Number one, I need to seek to hear his thoughts. The Holy Spirit will never shout at you. He will talk. But you have this other voice in your head that you listen to that will shout at you and will tell you lies. It's called your carnal nature. Now, you can't see it either, but it's real. And it works in you to tell you things so that you can think, I, I believe this, I think this, I want like this, I, I think this should happen. I think The Holy Spirit wants to say, you know, that's not right. Stop. Well, they did this to me, and I'm not going to forgive them. The Holy Spirit will say, you need to rethink that. That's not right. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't, you know, I, I deserve more. I'm better than that. If everybody listened to me, the Holy Spirit will say, do you hear yourself thinking? You need to stop. He's always there. You just need to listen to him and hear what he has to say to you. Last book of the Bible, book of Revelation, Jesus talks to the churches that are there and remain on the earth, and he gives them some advice. And in every one case afterwards, the following line is, the one who has ears to hear, let him hear. The Holy Spirit's speaking today. Do you hear him? He has a lot of good things to tell us. And you know what? It's the truth. It might, it, <laughs> let me go to the next one because I'm going to get into it now anyway. Step out of your comfort zone. What he has to say to you probably won't line up with your political beliefs. What he has to say to you probably won't line up to what you think about things going on in the world today. Because he has another perspective, doesn't he? And yet we're so convinced we say things clearly and we're as blind as a bat. 
Well, but pastor, if I listen to the Holy Spirit, what if he makes me do something weird? I'm your friend. Listen to me. You've already got weird mastered. You don't need help with that. Unless you call weird spiritual, of which the world does, doesn't it? The world says spiritual is weird. But we say it's normal. It's truth. It's right. And He is going to take you places and direct you into things that are out of your comfort zone. Why? Because your carnal nature doesn't like it. And what He's trying to do is help you from being a carnal person to be a spiritual person. And those two are exactly opposite of each other. And if you'll listen to Him and be willing to change and to grow and to influence you, it will change your life. Lastly, show His influence with spiritual fruit. How do you know you're listening to Him? There should be fruit, correct? There should be a result of that demonstrated, visible in our life. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness, meekness, self-control. All of those things, patience, all, all of them right there. And so the influence should be there. Well, how do you do that? The Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will, in the midst of horrible times, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. He will remind you, God's got this. In the midst of, well, I don't believe in this, and I don't like this, and I'll never do that, the Holy Spirit says, stop. You're not in control. Listen. Act like a spiritual person and not a carnal person. So here's what it boils down to. In your life, in my life, we have two choices and two only. Who's going to influence my life? Either my carnal nature, my sinful nature, me, or God, the Holy Spirit, my spiritual nature. And the question is this, is the Holy Spirit influencing your life? Is He directing your steps? Do you know what? Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. The world can't give it to you, but I've got someone inside of you who can give you peace in the midst of the darkest times. The world will tell you you can do it on your own, and you know you can't, but I've got someone inside of you who will give you all the strength that you need. You just have to invite him in. You have to invite him to be in control. You have to recognize that he's there. You have to be in love with him. You have to let him direct your life. You have to seek after him and want his thoughts and his ways above your own. 
You have to be willing to step into places that your carnal nature says, this is kind of foolish, this isn't what everybody says, but I sense God directing me to do this and to say this and to act like this. And when I say this and do this, it's going to bring fruit. And it's going to demonstrate the fruit of my life. So it's your call. It's your choice. God wants to influence your life. He gave you His Spirit to live in you, to help you live above all the junk going on. But your carnal nature wants to influence your life as well. And all it will do is produce confusion, pain, hurt, animosity, lies, and will take you places you really don't want to go to. Who is influencing your life? I started with saying, here's who should influence your life. I stand by that statement. The Holy Spirit should, must influence the lives of Christians and cause us to live a life today that is above all others. So, maybe you're not a Christian. Are you willing to accept Christ into your life and let Him influence it from here on out? Are you willing to admit that on your own you don't know what's best and you don't know what to do and you're, you're making a mess of things and you're willing to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm a sinner, I, I, forgive me, I, I need help, I, I'm going to give my life to you and I'm going to stop trying to control it and I'm going to let you be in control from here on out. Or as a Christian here today, ask yourself, how much am I... How much am I, boy, I try to say this right, stifling the Holy Spirit's work in my life? Don't understand it, don't get it all. So I just kind of push in the back burner and kind of, you know, I don't want to get weird. How much are you doing that? Is there some things in your life today that you know you need to change, you need to fix, and you're not listening? Would you take a moment right now? God, here I am. I need to invite you into my life. Forgive me for not following through and listening. God, do you speak to me and obey? Help me to fall in love again with you, with your spirit alive in me. Be in control. Could you take a moment? Just do that right now. Jesus, while you were here on this earth, you looked at your disciples and said to them, it's best that I go away so that another can come with another ability, with another function. I will give him and leave him here and he will be the guarantee 
of all that I've said and all that I've done and all that I've promised. And He is at work today in us as Christians. Help us to allow Him to be the influencing factor in our life so that we can show the world who we are by the fruit that is there, by the love that we have, and your name will be honored. Thank you. Thank you for allowing the Spirit of God to be here today. Help us to live with that influence in our life, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.